Faith FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Morning, everybody, and welcome. So good to have you here on the Breakfast Show this morning. 87 6, 87 8, or 88, wherever you are. Positively different radio right around Australia. And a special shout out this morning to all of our listeners in Bribie Island, Queensland on 87 6, Hayfield, Victoria on 87 6, Murray Bridge, South Australia on 88.0. Lawson, mm. this morning, what are you thankful for? So, I, as many of you know, I'm, I'm working at Newcastle Uni. I work on the campus there and meet students and teach the Bible and do a number of things. And recently, I, as it's coming towards the end of the semester, literally every single day there has been multiple events with free food. I think that they've, they've got like their marketing free food event budget. They've, they've over budgeted and now they want to use it before the semester ends. So they get more budget for next year. And so pretty much this whole week that I've gone to uni, I haven't paid for lunch or breakfast. Or any meal, because there's some event somewhere where I can get a free sausage sandwich, a free baked potato, a free kebab. Plant, like Plant-based food? Pl- oh, yeah, all plant-based. It's university, of course. Yeah, but le- legitimately, and, and even today, there's just free events running all over the place. All Well, there's events running all over the place all the time, and they all have free food and... It, I've That's just amazing. never seen that. So I'm so grateful that... It, like, yesterday I ate so much food and I didn't pay a single cent. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just amazing. I'm I'm thankful for baby magpies. Oh, oh. There's one outside the window. He's been outside the window every morning so far this week. Oh, it's pretty cute. awesome. Cute. He's just hanging out. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And by God's grace, we will win that battle, Lawson. Amen. Let's uh, have a question for our quiz, and then let's have some positively different news. All right, another question. Well, our first question for the quiz. How long did the Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant? This is multiple choice. A, three days. B, one week. C, seven months. Or D, 12 years. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Was it A, three days, B, one week, C, seven months, or D, 12 years for how long the Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant? If you know the answer to that one, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing, expensive, awesome KJV Bible by with Mark Finley's study helps. I was about to say by Mark Finley. I'm like, nope, I mean KJV Bible by God with Mark Finley's study helps and uh, answers to difficult Bible texts. We'll give you these absolute by that that one's by Joe Cruz. We'll give you these absolutely for free, provided you win the draw, provided you enter the draw by answering quiz questions correctly. How long did the Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant? Three days, one week, seven months, or twelve years? Alright, do you know the answer? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's uh, jump into some positively different news. Lawson, what have you got for us? Okay, I- I'm getting scared, Lyle. Okay. I'm I'm actually I'm getting I'm getting worried. Right. Just about technology. And, yes. Okay, do you remember the story that you said a couple of days ago where you were like, yeah, year nine students are, are writing at a year three grammatical level? Yes. Which is, you know, sad. I think I know the reason why. They don't have to use their brains anymore. The computer does it for them. Well, like, like literally. So there have been students that have been using AI to write their essays and getting A's. Oh, no. 
This is this is happening all oh, over the world. Oh no. And it's in- becoming incredibly prevalent. I think like now people are starting to report on it because it's the, the the dam is starting to break. But uh yeah, I read this article this morning. Uh you know, there's lots of different open AI and uh that has been developed and people have access to and there's already like a couple of different bots that people have created that can get yeah, you plug some kind of, you know, prompt into it and it'll write an essay. Like, for example, uh, there was a, an example given in the article that I was reading. It's like, hey, you know, I was studying biotech and in in one of the assignments was write five good things and five th- bad things about biotech in like a report summary. And so they just put that prompt into the AI, write five good things and five bad things about biotech. And it pumped out an essay I think they set it to like a 750 word essay that got them an A. That's, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> that, that is, that is really, really freaky. So this is, this is like happening. And I'll give you so an example. Lawson, you've got some essays coming up, I, I think. Uh, no essays because I'm just studying language, but yeah, next year I will. But this is the thing. I'm like, does it have the ability to write religiously? Yeah, that, well, absolutely. Like, I'm, like, I'm doing classes at the moment as well. Like so. theologically correct. That, you know, because the writing prompts is obviously based, like, it would write about biotech, for example. Yes. Based on research that it would do on the internet about what biotech is. That's so that produces plus- its own bibliography and everything? Y- yeah. Oh, man, that's freaky. It, it is, is so freaky. So freaky. Oh. At the same time, Google Lambda, which was the AI that people thought was sentient and had feelings a little while ago, uh, it, it's not sentient. It doesn't have feelings. It's just a very, very advanced and developed speech model. Um, they recently did public testing where it was like journalists and whatnot got invited to a facility where they would be given a phone where they could write prompts into Google Lambda and, you know, talk about their experience afterwards. It was very kind of, you know, secretive and and under wraps. But at the same time, it was like, you know, they were inviting people so that they can go and report. And I'll give you an example. So the person wrote a prompt into Google Lambda. It said, imagine you're in a world made out of marshmallows. And And they were just like one paragraph was the, you know, this is the prompt. And now give me one paragraph of information. And Google Lambda wrote in response, you're in a world made of marshmallows. As you take a step, a gentle squish comes out under your feet. The marshmallow horizon stretches out in all directions. The sky is gooey, sticky pink. There's a soft, gentle breeze that smells like marshmallows. <laughs> what? You can't be serious. Yeah, and this, again, this, this prompt was, you know, Again, imagine you. This is an imagination question, okay? Yes, that's right. What would it be like to be in a world full of marshmallows? Well, they've made it kind of sound nice-ish. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they could have imagined something truly apocalyptic with a world full of marshmallows. A desert landscape of nothing but sugar and squish Mm. where within five steps you can't move again because there's so much goo on your boots and you then drown in sugar. In sugar. Yeah, well, I think it's... I. I they didn't have the ability to change the feeling one. of I the... I dream one night I was eating marshmallows. <laughs> they didn't have... When I woke up in the morning, I couldn't wow. find my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lyle. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all, you know... 
Um, if, if I was a different person, I would ask, I would say to you, Lyle, who asked? But, um, anyway. <laughs> but no, I think this is amazing. Well, with this particular one, the, like Google had put specific settings in, um, of, in terms of the outcome of how the writing feel was supposed to be. And then they were asked to write. Because it's actually creative writing. It's not just writing. That's right. It's creative writing. But also, as you said, it's in a creative writing in a positive light as well. Yes. And they were actually asked after they put the prompt in, um, users were to rate each answer as either like how nice it was, how offensive it was, um, how off topic it was, or how untrue it was. But, like, I, I, you know, if someone says, yeah, imagine that you're in a world full of marshmallows and it spits something out like that, I'm it's like... Not, it's not exactly uh, offensive. It's not offensive or off-topic or untrue. It's it very rate, nice. It would rate very highly on all of those... Like, like it, it's done its job. It's done its job. But, yeah, essentially, in the world of AI and creative writing, we're just... Yeah, but the creative writing is different from essay writing. Essay writing is research writing. Creative writing is you know, writing a novel and so forth. I'm, what I'm wondering is can I put a bunch of parameters in there and have it spit out a novel for me? You totally can. And there's open AI that is already doing this. Oh, this is in fact, even... even it, would make, it would make really interesting online novel with multiple endings. You know those mm. novels you get where it's like, oh, you make this choice, oh, you make that choice. You, you jump, to this, to jump to this page. Chapter, jump to that page, whatever. Yeah. But it could just be a never-ending novel. Yeah, because the AI is just producing. Well, ha- have you based seen all like the AI based art where you just write a prompt into it and it comes up? It just creates its own nah, pages. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on AI. Okay, well, like I don't, I don't Maybe spend I a lot of time to. on AI either. Maybe but I this is to. these, this has been in the news cycles, even to the point where there's AI making its own video games, where it's just like make make a you write in a prompt, make a game like this. So we're basically pump it out. so so you know there used to be billions and billions of horses in the world, right? Sure. And now there's very few horses in the world. Uh-huh. And the reason that there's very few horses in the world because is because of technology. Mm. Now we've got what? However many billion human beings in the world. Mm. What will the future look like when we become redundant because of technology? Mm. Yeah. I, it's, it's an interesting thought. I think it is truly an apocalyptic thought. And it's it is one that reminds me that Jesus is coming Amen. back soon. When I Amen. look at this kind of thing happening, you know, the Bible talk about knowledge increasing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. Maybe I should just punch some parameters into AI and see what comes out. <laughs> Write about Daniel chapter 6. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Summarize Daniel chapter 6 and then bam. Well, dude, there is like, it, it is, in terms of the application in the workspace of like using AI to replace people, definitely when it comes to uh, companies creating different types of like art and whatnot. Like, I mean, can I just throw a chapter in there and say, hey, I want a bibliography for this? Oh man, you can already do that. All right, this that's, is this is that's that's called is, the, that's called the endnote. That's called no. That's end called note, you've got to go and research and then put the library. But that's, but that's called like turn it in because like you, when you submit something and turn it in, it'll show you where you quoted from and then you know catch you out for cheating. Like we already have that kind of AI. That's 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 just identifying. Oh, is this sentence from somewhere else? But this no, but is, I wanted to identify this thought is from somewhere, and these are all of the areas in which you can find that same thought. Sure. 
I, I'm sure that that's actually that sounds very basic to me compared to yeah, that's writing, what I'm thinking. writing. Just thinking I think it already exists. To put a big bibliography together for even my chapters, and it's like the hardest part of it. And it's just like I'm just gonna chuck this into an AI somewhere. Wild, wild times. I'm just you know what I take her message. Don't don't cheat on your essays. Write them from scratch. This is Fernando Ortega with our great God. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We normally have more serious news at this particular time, but we've had a slight rechange to our schedule that we do uh, every second week when Jeremy joins us from New Zealand to accommodate his schedule. But before we go to interview of the day, we're going to have another question for our quiz. Lawson, go for it. Which church does Paul write to about the Lord's Supper? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Again, which church does Paul write to about the Lord's Supper? Our prizes for this week, the amazing KJV Bible that we are giving away, as well as answers to difficult Bible text by Joe Cruz. Very awesome, incredible prizes, which will you will get absolutely for free. You just have to enter into the draw, and to enter in the draw, you just have to answer that question correctly. Which church does Paul write to about the Lord's Supper? All right. Well, joining us on the phone this morning, all the way from New Zealand, is celebrity chef Jeremy Dixon. Celebrity chef. Yes. Oh, yeah. We love him. Absolutely. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Hey, I understand this morning we're going to be talking about cereals and plant-based milk. Now, normally you get to talk to Lawson because he's the foodie here and he's the one who knows what I know. I know, I know my, the extent of my cooking ability is opening a can of baked beans, but but I can put milk on wheat bix So, <laughs> So when you said you were going to talk about plant-based milks and cereals, I'm like... This is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I can talk I about eat this. my fair share of wheat picks and whatnot, but particularly when it comes to like muesli, I don't, I don't think I've even eaten muesli since I was six. Whereas muesli is one of my favorite, muesli is my go-to when producer Shell is away. That's, that's <laughs> like open the cupboard, open the fridge. Yeah, she hasn't left me any food this time. So it's muesli. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where do we start, Jeremy, on this, on this journey of, of plant-based yeah. milks, of cereals? Where do we start? Yeah. Well, so Mike's uh, cookbook, cookbook eight is going to have a special breakfast feature. So I'm going to be sharing Ooh. some of my secret muesli recipes. Mm-hmm. We actually sell nine different mueslis from our online site at the cafe that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you a bit of an insight to them now and also talk a bit about plant-based milks. So, which obviously are in the rage at the moment. Um, but yeah, but I, yeah, the plant-based milks are amazing. Um, but I suppose my favorite plant-based milk is cashew milk. And I think it's very underrated. Cashews as a nut are, have a beautiful creamy taste and are amazing for nut milks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I think of cashews, I often think of, you know, roasted cashews, lightly salted, you know, that's pretty yum and expensive at the same time. But you'd be using, what, raw cashews blended very finely to create a kind of creamy milk? Yes, so that's what I want to talk to you about now. So basically, I think most people can probably save about $1,000 a year at least if they make their own plant-based milk. So if you look in the supermarket, I'm not sure in Australia, but it's probably around about 4 to $5 for your average liter of nut-based milk and uh, my recipe you can probably make it for around about 60 cents a liter so if you multiply about say call it three dollars savings by a day yeah that's over a thousand dollars you can save just by a couple of minutes a day making your own nut-based milk 
How long will it last for when you put it in the fridge? Yeah, so probably lasts around about a week um, as you keep it chilled. And uh, the secret making nut-based milks, and I'll use kind of cashew nuts as an example, is that the trick with making nut-based milks, pretty much all you do is put water and nut into a blender. And my typical starting recipe is around about 30 grams or about two tablespoons of nut butter and one litre of water. And what you do is you put that in your blender, you blend it round, and the secret is, is, and it depends on your blender, it depends on how hard your nuts are, but what you want to make sure you get, you don't, if you've got a weak blender and you've got hard nuts, you're going to end up with like water and bits of nut. Mm. So you need to keep blending for probably about an extra minute often with your blender to make sure you end up with that nice creamy consistency. And, and at the end of it, once you've blended your nuts and your milk, you want to look in the bottom of the blender. Are there any bits and pieces in there? And if there are, just, just keep blending a bit more. Mm. Um, so you can start off by using um, just kind of whole nuts, and and you'll need a really strong blender to kind of make, turn that into nut milk. So you can actually soften nuts, and a lot of people say soften them overnight and by soaking them in water. Um, but you know I don't I don't want an overnight recipe. So if you want to soak your nuts, just soak them in boiling water, and you can probably soak them in about five to fifteen minutes if you use boiling water because when the water's hotter, it transfers quicker. So soak them in boiling water. You need to soak them. Or even better, use a pre-made cashew butter or mm. an almond butter, and then you kind of kind of ninety percent of the work's already done. Mm. So when you say soak them in boiling water, you don't boil them on the stove. You put them in a pot and pour boiling water on top of them. Is that is that what you say? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm. So just yeah, basically when you when you're soaking anything in general, you know the, the hotter the basically water transfers quicker when it's hotter. Mm. Um, so if you if you do them in cold water in the fridge, it's going to take longer than if you just have it on the on the on your bench with a bowl and just pour over boiling water and that'll soak a lot, lot quicker than we were just using cold water. Mm. So, um, yeah, so basically all it is is throw your your, ca- your cashew nuts or your cashew butter, preferably, into a blender. Um, starting point is two tablespoons of nut butter, which is around about 30 grams, um, into a blender with water. Blend it up um, until it's really, really nice and smooth and creamy. If you want to make it creamy, just add more nuts. Um, and also a pinch of salt helps as well, kind of just kind of brings out flavours. And if you like it slightly more kind of sweet, you can add a few bit of um, a few either dates or um, or some maple syrup or something like that as well. And uh, so that's a very simple way. In a couple of minutes, you've got yourself a litre of nut milk. It'll cost you probably about between 60 cents and a dollar, um, or you can go and buy those ones in the supermarket, which um, will should be costing you between 4 and $5. And also... Um, all the all the ones in the supermarkets are usually full of lots of artificial gums that kind of so most of the nut milk manufacturers they put in like one percent of nuts, then they fill it up with all these kind of stabilizers and gums and things to make it pretend it's it's cream, um, which are really hard to digest. So you've got a really pure cashew mm. milk as well. So, I mean, one of the advantages I can see out of this, of course, you mentioned you need a a powerful blender, and a powerful blender doesn't come cheap. But the savings that you're going to make are very quickly going to pay for that powerful blender. And so at the end of the day, you end up with a powerful blender for free by using this kind of milk. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So true. So you're going to pay that off in no time. And a, and a good blender, a good powerful blender is good for a lot of things as well, particularly in vegan cooking and whole food cooking. You always want to be, you know, having a good blender. So it's a, it's a very mm. worthwhile investment for your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now, so, what, first nut milk, I reckon. Yep. Uh, you've, you've mentioned their cashew milk and so forth. I'm wondering about some of the other milks out there, like, you know, obviously in the supermarket we buy oat milk, soy milk, almond milk. Are they just as easy to make yourself 
or is cashew milk really the one that you should be aiming for in the home? Well, cashew milk's my personal favourite. It's nice and creamy. You can also use almond milk. Almond milk's fine as well. That's great. Um, with, with the skins on the almonds, if you do use almonds, you want to make sure you use the ones without the skins, or else you end up with little bits in there as well. And sometimes you might have to sieve them out, and I personally can't be bothered doing that kind of palaver when you're making your own milk. So if you do get almonds, use the ones without the skins, um, or, or, sieve, or sieve it out. Um, yeah, you can use any nuts you want, hazelnuts, macadamia milk, whatever you want. You can even make your own... Um, Right, all the grain milks, like your rice milks and your oat milks, they're slightly more complicated. They actually add enzymes to them to bring them out and become creamy. Um, you can still make your own oat milk. Just just mix up oats and, and water. It won't taste as nice as the supermarket ones, but you can try those as well. And what about soy milk? What I think, yeah, cashews is the... I mean, soy milk is the original plant-based milk, been around forever. Uh, is, that a, is that a complex process? Um, slightly more. You generally have to cook your soybeans and... Personally, soy milk has got soy has got a very strong taste. Um, if you if you go to like some of the, the Asian um, soy tofu places, make their own soy milk, but a, a very raw soybean and water kind of a soy milk is very strong. The stuff you buy in the supermarket that soy milk has been heavily um, not processed, but it's been there's a lot of work on into it to remove that mm. really strong soy flavour. So. It's probably not one I'd suggest people start on. Although you're right, you can get soy milk makers and things like that, but I think mm. nut milk's are my favourite place to start. Yeah, it mm. sounds like it's super easy to do and super economical. I mean, hey, I'd do that just for the money-saving aspect. Mm. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you, thought, you just buy some nice little glass jars or jugs, keep them in the fridge, and um, you'll need to stir them or shake them before you stir them. There's no kind of mm. stabilisers in them. And also, also the, all, all of the, most of the milks in supermarkets are homogenised, and that means they pretty much blast the milk through these tiny holes to destroy the cell structure um, so it sticks together and doesn't kind of separate, which is you know, not a not a amazing, not a bad thing, but not a good thing. So by doing your own cashew milk, you will need to stir it because you haven't gone through that homogenization process. Okay, let's talk about cereals. I mean, breakfast is my favourite meal of the day, so <laughs> let's talk about cereals. You, you mentioned you've got a whole bunch of different uh, cereals that you make there in the shop and uh, um, mueslis and granolas and so forth. Let, let's let's go there. Yeah, exactly. Muesli is my favourite. My fa- if you ask me my favourite food is muesli. I could have muesli for three meals a day. Um, it's just I'm a muesli monster, my wife calls me. I just love it. Um, so we've got nine really amazing mueslis. And again, this is a huge savings. I mean, you can pay um, huge money for mueslis in the supermarket these days, particularly something. I mean, you can pay 30 bucks for a, a pack of muesli on yeah. the high end of um, gourmet range. It's the most and expensive so cereal out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you can be putting some pretty cool nuts and fruits and stuff, which do cost a lot of money. So there is a, a kind of understanding there. But, but it shouldn't have to. I mean, uh, oats is pretty much the mainstay of most mueslis. And oat is a really inexpensive product. So, um, yeah. So, okay, so um, when it comes to oats, my big question is this. Cooked yes. versus raw. Because those Sorry. are kind of your two, two different types yep. of muesli there. Is your cooked, your cooked muesli, your raw muesli, uh, and with oats, cooked versus raw. Which, which way should we go there? Yeah, either one. I mean, you've got your toasted, which has a kind of more of a toasted feel, or your natural or raw, which has a more, more raw feel. So I'm... I'm ambidextrous, happy with either, whatever your kind of favourite flavour is, and we sell both. We do natural music, we do toasted music, so it's just the difference. So, I mean, toasted music will taste nicer, so it's probably a good starting point. And all you have to do, basically, and, and um, there's plenty of music riches out there, or you can find them in my cookbook, is um, basically just mix oats with a little bit of oil, 
some kind of a sweetener. Um, obviously, commercial um, music use sugar, but you can use something even better like date syrup or um, maple syrup, um, a little bit of coconut and some nuts, and you pretty much um, put them on a tray, put them in the oven, and then just toast them in the oven or bake them for, you know, 20 minutes or so, depending on the recipe. And you've got your muesli, your muesli base, you let it cool, and then you just mix in some, some fruits and sultanas or cranberries or whatever, and you've got yourself a... Um, Music, it's a really good thing too, and you can batch do it at home, um, and you can produce huge amounts of music in a very short time, and you are going to save hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year making your own music. Mm. Yeah, wow, that's super impressive. Um, um, so, we, so some of the some of the flavors we've got. So we've got like a one of my favorites is like a dark forest music, and that's just a very basic, simple music a music recipe. But we add a bit of date syrup for the sweetener, and we add some cacao powder. Um, mm. before you mix it in, and you end up with a really nice kind of chocolatey taste. Um, we've got a pecan and cranberry, so again, just using um, pecan nuts and cranberries in, in the product, and that gives another unique flavour as well. Um, you can use there's some really nice little puffed ingredients out. You can get puffed quinoa, puffed millet, puffed buckwheat, um, and those are really, really cool for um, for just adding a little bit of lightness to your cereal, so you can kind of make more of a, kind of a light and tasty kind of style. So there's um, ingredients like that. All your seeds, you've got chia seeds, sunflower seeds, um, linseeds, pumpkin seeds. Um, you just had buckwheat in by itself, a really nice nutty kind of crunchy flavour, kind of um, texture. And all your dried fruits, apricots, sultanas, cranberries, cherries. Um, and there's some really nice freeze-dried fruit you can buy. It's quite expensive, but you can get freeze-dried powder. You probably see it in the supermarket. You get little chunks of little powders, and that just injects really strong, powerful flavour, like strawberry or raspberry or or mango, or whatever. And that can add some really nice things as well. So you can there's just there's like billions and billions of combination of mueslis you can make. Mm. Yeah, I guess one of those things where you can experiment with it each time is like, okay, what's in the cupboard I could uh, what, that I could possibly throw in here and see how it goes. Exactly. So I'd recommend yeah, if you want to start making a music, just I mean, in my cookbook two's got a, a natural, um, uh, sorry, a toasted muesli recipe in it. Um, as a starting point, and once you've kind of done your, just start with a basic recipe, just your standard toasted, just with some oats, some some coconut, some and a few seeds, and some oil, and a sweetener like maple syrup, and make just get a simple one underway, and kind of get that nailed, and then hey, then then just start adding all your favourite things and all, all your favourite nuts and seeds and fruits and all that type of thing, and uh, and you'll get a recipe you love, and you can then just bulk it off, and you will save hundreds of dollars on making your own syrup. Yeah, and this is one of the things I love about this particular segment, uh, Jeremy, is that we're not just creating something that is really, really good for our health because it's good to have a substantial breakfast in the morning, but we're talking about saving a lot of money as well. And, you mm. know, in today's world, that's of inflation. That's a significantly important thing that we all need to be thinking about. And so, yeah, really appreciate what you've been able to share with us this morning, Jeremy. And I uh, just want to remember... Exactly, and, and, and a cut. It doesn't have to be hard. Just like, just for example, every Sunday, just spend a, you know an hour in your kitchen, make up your nut milks for the meat week, make up your mueslis, and uh, bang, you've, you've saved yourself a lot of money and you've given your family some really healthy, delicious food they can um, have through the week. Fantastic stuff. Jeremy Dixon, thank you so much for joining us all the way from New Zealand this morning. Of course, Jeremy Dixon's cookbooks, including his his muesli recipes, are available from all bookstores, including Better Books and Foods and Adventist Book Centres. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. 
and you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Hey, uh, we have come to our next question for the quiz. Complete the passage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this blank blank. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win. We have here a KJV Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps as well as Answers to Difficult Bible Text. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, that question was, complete the passage, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this blank blank. All right. 0491-064-669. You know the question, you know the number to call, but right now we are heading into more serious news. Yeah. And in Michigan, they are looking at passing a piece of legislation that seeks to define gender-affirming care for minors as first-degree child abuse with a life sentence for anybody who gets involved with it. Wow. That's pretty full on. As somebody commented, not all heroes wear capes. Mm. Now, whether they're going to be able to pass this through or not is an interesting question because it's a pretty bold piece of legislation, but according to the bill which was filed last Tuesday, a person would be found guilty of first-degree child abuse, punishable by life imprisonment, if they knowingly or intentionally cause serious physical or mental harm to a child, including by assisting a child to obtain a gender transition procedure. Wow. <laughs> okay, so the uh, LaFave, who is uh, sponsoring the bill on Wednesday, uh, said that he believes providing gender-affirming prescription medications and surgical procedures to youth who are not legally able to consent to having sex is logically incoherent. Mm. You know, it's just amazing to me that there are some people in the world who are in power and who still have a brain. Praise mm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Of course it's logically incoherent. We won't let... Somebody under the age of 18 buy a rattle can of painted Bunnings mm. and yet we will let them make life-changing decisions about their sexuality and have permanent surgery uh, and destroy their reproductive capability. They're about allowed to make those kinds of decisions. It makes no mm. sense. It no. is completely incoherent. He says people are abusing these children. He said the idea that we would be making potentially potentially life-altering changes to 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids when it is illegal for them to have sex is insane. Mm. I mean, they're not responsible enough, and this is in Michigan, to smoke cigarettes until they're 21. Mm. You know, it's just like, how obvious is this? Yeah. And I'm glad that. Okay, somebody's at least pushing for the legislation. We need to pray that this goes through. The effects of smoking cigarettes are far more, like, they're they're very grave. They are very grave, but they're a whole lot less than... Than, And far less immediate. Yes. uh, Than, yeah, getting a a sex Sex change. Wow. uh, Okay, along with that, uh, parental rights amendment Mm -hmm. is being... Uh, introduced to Congress as a an amendment to the United States Constitution. So it's been mm. a while since the United States Constitution has been amended and it's being argued that parental rights are a fundamental right that are not yet covered by the United States Constitution mm. and they need to be. Uh, this has been proposed by US Representative Debbie Lesko from Arizona and it's been applauded by leading religious liberty organisations including the Alliance Defending Freedom. 
Uh, the first sentence of the amendment states that the liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education and care of their children is a fundamental right. Mm. You know, it, it just staggers me that we are having this kind of legislation, that we're having this kind of discussion where we are actually legislating the obvious. The reason this has never been a part of the US Constitution is because up until this particular point, it's always been obvious, but now it's suddenly not obvious and so we've got to have it in law. You know, I, I personally know people who disagree with that sentiment, who would say the, the purpose of parenting is provision not direction. Yeah, that's pretty scary. And, yeah, I, I would I would, that is I would comment really, the same. That is really, really scary. That's like let children bring themselves up. Mm. That's, 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 that's quite terrifying. Mm. Uh, parent children have rights, and the fundamental, yep. the first and greatest and most fundamental right that a child has is the right to a parent mm. who will give them guidance and direction mm. and who will take responsibility for them and train them. The Bible says that foolishness lives in the heart of a child. Mm. And that's not a criticism. That's just stating the fact that children don't know everything, so they need to be taught. Mm. And it's our responsibility as parents to be the ones who teach them. Yes. Don't sub that out to somebody else. I mean, hey, I understand that kids have to go to school and that kind of thing a lot of the time, and uh, but sub as little of that out as you can. You mm. are ultimately the one whom God has entrusted those children to, mm. to raise them to his glory and honour. Okay, Will Estrada, who is the president of parentalrights.org and uh, supporter of the proposed amendment, said that parental rights are just too important to be left to Supreme Court precedents alone. Mm. This amendment will enshrine these rights in black and white of the Constitution, preserving the parental role for generations to come. Wow. And that, of course, is important because, as we all know, the Supreme Court changes from time to time and it swings one way, then it swings the other way, etc. And uh, what is a Supreme Court precedence today might not be tomorrow. Put it mm. in the Constitution and it's much stronger. Uh, Emily Kayo, who is Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, said that the amendment would recognise that parents have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of upbringing, education and care of their children. And, you know, okay, so bringing, bringing children up in a way that you are a provider, mm-hmm. not an educator, under this piece of legislation, it allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. So a person who has that particular view that parents are to be providers only would be allowed to raise their children that way. Mm-hmm. So it's not infringing on them in any way, shape, Mm. or form. But it's also saying, okay, if you actually want to have influence over your child and if you want to direct your child and if you want to give and you want to educate your child, you have that right. Mm. Uh, She continues, sadly, as parents have stood before local school boards and state legislatures across the country to claim that right, they have been met by government officials who declare themselves the ultimate determiners of what is best for children. Uh, This includes growing instances of schools actively hiding controversial curricula Mm. and critical information about children's mental and physical health from parents. Thankfully, a growing coalition of parents, leaders and organisations is standing up for the protection of our children and the fundamental rights of parents. Amen. Well done. So here's the uh, here's the here's what the amendment would say, Uh, section one: the liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their children is a fundamental right. Section 2, the parental right to direct education includes the right to choose as an alternative to public education, private, religious or home schools and the right to make reasonable choices within public schools for one's child. Mm. Section 3, 
Neither the United States nor any state shall infringe these rights without demonstrating that its governmental interest is applied to the person is of the highest order and not otherwise served. Mm. Section 4. The parental rights guaranteed by this article shall not be denied or abridged on account of disability. Mm. And finally, in Section 5, this article shall not be construed to apply to a parental action or decision that would end life. Mm. Okay. That one's going to become very, very controversial. Bizarre how it's going to become controversial. Mm. But then it will start a conversation of, well, when does a parent become a parent? Mm. Does it become a parent at the point of conception or at the point of birth? Mm. But we will let the United States worry about that. Uh, but that's kind of some of the things that are happening around our world. It is amazing to see these discussions taking place that we would have never dreamt wow. people would have been talking about just a few short years ago. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.